It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Evelyn, Kathy, and Carrie. Wrapping up Pastor Appreciation Month today with Pastor Andy Comer. Thank you, Gavin. This is Evelyn Davidson, and you're tuned to Love Talk. <laughs> the way my husband says it sometimes makes me feel good. In the studio with me is two precious friends, Kathy and DeBrock, and it's a joy to be here with. Hi, I'm Coach Carrie Brinkater. Great to have you listeners listening to us today on Love Talk on KTXW, The Bridge, Austin, 101 FM, 1120 AM. So thankful that you are with us today for Love Talk. Beautiful, beautiful First Lady of Love, Miss Evelyn Davison. How you been, sister? years old. Not quite. Miss Evelyn, you're not quite there yet. I'm I know you're trying. You're so looking. Are you counting down the days? I mean, it's I coming do up. I the minutes, honey. <laughs> Whatever else have I got to do? But, you know, I'm kidding. We're going to have to think about uh, what we're going to do for that 90th birthday, Miss Evelyn. Um, I know really we had a... For. We had a... Gra- hey, that's a great idea. Yeah, sure. We had a grand party when you turned 85. Yeah, that was so super look fun. Forward. Okay, friends, so if you have ideas of what we should do for Miss <laughs> Evelyn's 90th birthday, you go to Facebook, you look up Love Talk Radio, you will see our three shining faces smiling back at you, although... Probably the photo that I hate most of myself. We need need new photos, but uh, come visit us on Facebook and give us ideas for what to do for Miss Evelyn's 90th birthday coming up March of next year. You know, we have... Well, for all of that, today is a wonderful day. It is. And we have, in this whole month of October, we've been celebrating our pastors and Pastor Appreciation Month. We've, We've also done... Some shows on voting, the importance of voting. We did a voting one-on-one show. One, why do I say one-on-one? Because I'm a basketball coach. That's why. <laughs> um, voting 101. Um, and we had Cara McMichael on our show. We've had... Um, we will have next week on our show Summer Ingram. She is uh, from Washington, D.C., from the CPC. What is it? The Congressional, Congressional Foundation Prayer Caucus. The Prayer Caucus, <laughs> yeah. that's right. Congressional Prayer Caucus, CPC. Um, so just, uh, just a wonderful time of celebrating our pastors and talking a little politics. Mm-hmm. And we have a perfect combination of that today for our show um, as we welcome a local pastor and talk a little bit about politics and the Bible. And, you know, friends, if you wonder, should Christians vote? I mean, is that something that we need to be concerned about? Because, gosh, if the Lord's sovereign and he's over all things, well, we'll just let him worry about that. Well, maybe that's not the right approach to engaging and voting and having conversations and uh, maybe that's not the right relationship that we should take as Christians between us and our government. We're going to be talking about that today. I know. I'm super excited. Um, you know, before we do that, I want to back up and talk a little bit more about Pastor Appreciation Month this week. You know, our pastors sacrifice so much time for their congregations. And Pastor Appreciation Month was originally called Clergy Appreciation Month, and it was established in 1992 by a group of pastors and church leaders to honor those who serve in ministry, they grounded the celebration in Paul's words to Timothy. It, from First Timothy, the elders who direct the affairs of the church well, who direct the affairs of the church well, are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. And that's First Timothy five seventeen. And no, it's not an official holiday, but it is nationally recognized like Boss Appreciation Day or Administrative Administrative Assistant Day. And chances are your pastor is thinking about it this month. And, you know, girls, I, I thought about, I try to think about some things where you don't have to spend a lot of money, um, but try to be creative out of the box. Of course, our pastors would appreciate gift cards or, you know, a, a monetary uh, gift of love. But, you know, maybe you have season tickets to some, a theater or 
a football games or basketball games or something and and you're willing to part with a couple of those tickets to give to your pastor and um, that would be fantastic i'm sure they would really appreciate that um if you're a landscaper and you want to ask your pastor if you can go plant something beautiful in his garden or in his lawn. I, what? How great would that be? Every day they walk out and they see those beautiful tulips you planted or whatever. And what a what a great way to appreciate your pastor. A sincere Facebook shout out. I know we see so many negative things on Facebook or on Instagram, but a way to give a shout out to your pastor. Um, on your Facebook page. Um, Sunday morning announcements. I hope that you are appreciating your pastor this month, in, or your pastors, in your Sunday morning announcements. A, a heartfelt email, a handwritten note. I can't tell y'all. I have a big old box um, of notes and cards and stuff that I've saved over the years. And on days when I'm thinking like, man, I just am, I am not a very good mom or I'm not a good coach or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I will go to that box and I will pull out those handwritten notes that have collected over the years. And what a blessing those are mm-hmm. to me. And I know our pastors feel the same way because a lot of time when you're in ministry, you hear the negative. When people are not so happy with that sermon that you preached, maybe it, um, Stepped on a few toes, and so they hear plenty of of the negative, but having that word of affirmation is so, so important. And, you know, friends, for all of us, we don't always get it right. You know, we don't always pray right. We don't always, you know, preach right or, or counsel as well as we should have or lead the way we would have desired. But I tell you what, our pastors know that already. They feel that deep in their hearts whenever um, maybe they they feel like they could have done something that was different. Um, but I t- I, so I tell you, those words of encouragement are so, so appreciated because ministry can be difficult. Still, our pastors need to know that we are praying for them, that we are praying for strength for them, that we are praying each week for God to guide their words as they lead their congregations. So I would ask you again this month to appreciate your pastor in some way, because everybody needs a little encouragement Mm -hmm. every now and then, especially our pastors. So just that word for Pastor Appreciation Month. Well, I want to say a word of appreciation for our pastor. We have been at First Baptist Church, um, Pflugerville, Mm -hmm. uh, for 22 years. And we went there because uh, we um, needed to spend more time with our grandchildren, and that's where they went. Uh, Just this recently, our pastor has has his second heart uh, situation. Uh, It is from the... Um, Agent Orange or whatever it was mm. during the Korean War. Mm. And so he has uh, resigned after mm. 26 years being there. Wow. So it's a real tough time, especially when you have a wonderful pastor that teaches God's Word yeah. and opens the door for you to come visit. And there's just so many requirements mm-hmm. for, uh, you know, we think that have to be made by the pastor. Mm-hmm. And it is true. Mm-hmm. Well, it is true. We we are very dependent on our pastor and how they lead us in worship. You know, it's um, one of my d- most difficult things leaving Texas and going to Idaho was knowing that I wasn't going to have my pastor at church every no. Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no one's going to preach as well as him. No, I'm you know, I'm just like everything he says, yeah. I get, I hear. Mm-hmm. I you know, it's like my brother just standing there and you know, like opening God's word and and explaining it all to me. I'm like no one's going to compare to him. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard to let a pastor yeah. go and then to embrace another. Mm-hmm. And so when we went up to Idaho and and found this church, we agreed we would go to five different churches before we made a decision because mm-hmm. we're like, you know, we're like uh, like my 16-year-old girls. It's like mm-hmm. the first boyfriend, it's like we're going to marry him, you know. <laughs> and so... We we really knew we're not church hoppers, right? We mm-hmm. we 
in Georgetown, we, we choose a church and then it's like for better or worse, That's you right. know, however this works yeah. out. Um, Lord, help me to be faithful. So we knew that even though we were only going to be there for a year, we wanted to love that church. And so we went to five different churches and uh, none of them were right. I don't, you know, none of our, we just didn't agree and it didn't feel. And so Eric said, well, there is this church that we need to go to because someone invited me. And if I don't go, he's a peer and I can't Mm. tell him I didn't, you know, go try out his church. And so we went and it was like, you know, the doors of heaven opening and we were there and it was amazing. And so Pastor Steve Crane has been so incredible for us out at Eagle Christian Church. And um, it made me be able to say goodbye Mm. to a pastor, Ernest Jones, at Main Street Baptist Church in Georgetown. Um, and then I tell you, when I was trying to get this Bible study wrapped up and I had a publishing deadline, I called one of our associate pastors, Bill Krause, and I said, I just need a place to write. Can you, is there any way I can just come into the church, like just throw me in a corner because I need to get away, away from the kids because of COVID, they're always home. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to write. And he says, yo, yeah, come down. We'll find a place for you. And not only did they find a place for me, they found, like, the most beautiful room for me with this incredible view. And he said, this will be your room as long as you need it. And I thought, who did they kick out of here (laughs) in order to give me this room? And so I just, you know, I think our pastors really... They they try and love us mm-hmm. well, and um, so I just yeah I I appreciate the ones. Well, that God we has given. we can accept your leaving us a little bit better now. That's right. <laughs> no, you're in good care. That's right. You are in good care. Well, our our key verse for today, Ephesians six verse ten. A final word: Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. You know, friends, when we're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, then no power, earthly power, can stand against us. And no power can stand against him. As we face spiritual battles during this time when we're um, divided uh, across party lines, you know, God empowers us and he promises He will be there fighting right along with us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important to remember as we approach our last week of early voting. That's true. Last week of early voting, friends, we need to get out there and vote. And if there's anyone who listens to me say that and says, nope. Nope, I don't need to go and vote. You need to stay with us for our <laughs> second segment because you're going to hear straight from uh, Pastor Andy Comer. Um, he's going to walk us through uh, biblical engagement. Is God really Lord of my politics? <laughs> what on earth? Yeah. Are, That's I'm, my teeth come together. I'm excited <laughs> about. I'm I'm excited about the show today. And mm-hmm. you know, Carrie, if we have time, I think we should get right into it and introduce our special guest. Okay, that sounds great. That sounds great. I will put in a, a, a little plug here. If you've not visited, like a little pumpkin patch with the corn maze and all the things. Oh, take your families. I took my teenagers yesterday, and we had an absolute blast. I think I might have had more fun than they did. We <laughs> shot apples out of a giant slingshot. We, um, and tried to hit things. It was amazing. Um, I raced my son on this giant blow-up trampoline thing. Hilarious. The two gangliest people on the planet, baby giant at 6'4", and me. So funny. Um, just, we had an we had a ball. We had a, so much fun and raced each other through the corn maze and all the things. Oh, my gosh. So it was really fun. Um, so, yeah, a little time left here, October, beginning of November, and to do that. All right. We'll get right into it with our special guest, Andy Comer. Andy loves a life with his beautiful wife of 14 years. Aaron, and he has three precious daughters, 11, 8, and 6, Allie, Mac, Molly, and Charlie. His passion is communicating God's word to people in a way they can understand. And in his free time, he enjoys working with his hands, doing things like yard work or woodwork. He's a fan of football, the Texas Longhorns, 
and coffee. Okay, I can agree with that. And um, welcome, Andy Comer. And Andy is the pastor of Antioch Church in Georgetown. Welcome to Love Talk, Andy. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you uh, so much for having me. It's uh, good to be here with you ladies today. Yeah, great, great to have you in studio with us here. Well, friends, we do have to uh, take a break. Stay with us, friends. We'll be right back with you after this. Hello, friends. Welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You have found the Love Ladies, and there's a reason you are here today, friends. 1120 AM, 101 FM, or if you're streaming us live on the Bridge Austin app, that is a great way to get us all over. You might be in New Hampshire. We don't know. That would be fantastic if you're listening to us. That's right. (laughs) Okay, now I would say come visit us on our Facebook page at Love Talk Radio. You'll see our three faces and just Mm -hmm. let us know what state you're listening from. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? (laughs) Yeah, that would be great to know where you are uh, across this uh, fruited plain. And uh, we're so excited. We have a great guest today in studio with us because, friends, you know, this this show is an awesome show. And it's a program. It's a program. And for we, love. That's right. And we have, of course, our beautiful friend Kathy, who um, joins us from Idaho most of the time, but is in studio with us today. So we're so thankful that you are local and that you are listening here with us. Andy Comer, pastor of Antioch Church in Georgetown. Uh, welcome to the show again, Andy. We're so grateful that you're here with us. And Miss Evelyn, you always like to ask our guests the first question. What you got? How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I wasn't told that was going to be the first question. Well, okay. But I'll, 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 you did. You did. <laughs> so, actually celebrated my 36th birthday last month. Well, God bless you. So, mm-hmm. thank, bless you. You. <laughs> thank you. Uh, there's just one really important thing we want to establish today mm-hmm. is that you discovered yeah. the love of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. How did that happen in your life, Pastor? Yeah, mm-hmm. so for me, um, I grew up in a pastor's home. Oh, um, okay. My dad is uh, still pastoring a church for uh, over 25 years. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just remember growing up knowing all the all the facts and all the information. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was at age 11, I was at a student camp. And I just remember coming under strong conviction from the Lord that uh, you don't really know me. That happened to me when I was about 12. Mm. Isn't mm-hmm. it incredible? Just that that conviction, it's true. It, it is, and then and then knowing that now you have to make a decision, you have to do something. You can't, mm-hmm. uh, you're not right with God because of of who your dad is. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not right with God because of you know you're you're trying to be a good kid. Uh, you're right with God because of His Son Jesus Christ. And so I remember I could take you back to that place, uh, the corner of that stage at student camp where I just I just prayed and uh, gave my life to the Lord, asked Him to forgive me, and uh, it's right there that I committed my life to Him. How did your family respond to that? Oh, your were, dad, your mom. Oh, they were excited. Um, they were excited. Yeah, they, they were very excited. What do you excited. think Jesus was doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, was he was excited. Well, we are just thrilled to have you here. Thank you. And, uh, it is just an amazing thing what God's doing uh, in the days that we're in right now in our churches. It is. Um, he is. He is at work all around us, and that, mm-hmm. that has not changed. Now, I have a a question for you because in the summer of 2017, you Mm -hmm. picked up your family and moved from Conway, Arkansas. Yeah. Which is also beautiful. It is. That's a big town. It's a tiny little town. It's kind of a little, uh, well, it's kind of a it's Kinda very Georgetown. comparable to Georgetown. Yeah. yeah, very similar in size, 20 minutes north of the capital city. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they're very similar. So, basically. And yeah, tell, yeah. I mean, tell us about that because you, you, you went with, with the goal to plant a church, Antioch Church, mm-hmm. in Georgetown, Texas. But it's hard as the head of a household to tell your family, pick up. Yeah. We're moving. Yeah, and that actually happened for us twice. Um, I like that people think because we moved to Georgetown from Arkansas that we're from Arkansas, Arkansas but we're not. Uh, my wife and I both are, have, were born in Texas. We were raised in Texas. Our entire lives were spent in Texas. I was pastoring a church in northeast Texas and basically got a phone call out of the blue one day from uh, Jason Altman, the pastor of Antioch um, in Conway, Arkansas. And he said, have you ever thought about planting a church. And I was very honest with him. I said, yes, but <laughs> not in Arkansas. I said, I love Texas. This yeah. is where God has planted me. This is my mission field. And he said, well, good. And I was confused. And he said, our church is looking to uh, plant a church somewhere in the Austin area. Um, God had been kind of giving them a vision to send out not just a church planter, 
but an entire church planting team. Wow. And so what that meant for us in 2015 is we picked up our family and we moved to Arkansas and um, integrated right into to Antioch uh, Conway. And uh, for 20 months, we spent recruiting a team and developing that team. And then in 2017, uh, 25 adults and 12 kids relocated to Georgetown, Texas to uh, plant a new church. You brought the whole town? We brought <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear about your story. That, that is absolutely fascinating. It truly is. That's a great way to plant a church. Mm-hmm. I, I would think that's an excellent model to have a group of around you that's supporting you yeah. that can be your first members, so to speak, and that can help you yeah. uh, recruit other. Uh, well, I don't want to use the word recruit. How, yeah. how, you, you spent a period of time. Developing. developing. Yeah. There we mm-hmm. go. Tell yeah. us about that. Tell us about that. So, uh, number one, we were very surprised at how quickly Conway became home. You know, we mm. were thrust into this uh, this new city, um, this new church, um, all along knowing that one day we were leaving. And that, mm-hmm. that was a very different uh, field, knowing that they they hired you to, to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Um, we, we got busy, just started developing relationships, and, and God just began to stir in people's hearts uh, to make the move. And so we had young adults who were just graduating um, college say, I want to start my career um, in Central Texas. Uh, we had young families like ours that said, hey, we want to uh, leave our jobs, and we want to leave our homes, and we want to be part of this with you. And we had some, uh, uh, some senior adults uh, also say, hey, we want to retire in that area. And so, How did you find him? <laughs> Through Kathy, Kathy's friend. Well, I know. So I just love this. I mean, God's heart for people. He yeah. is all about mm-hmm. sending, but he's about equipping. That yeah. He's going to equip and prepare us um, as and be, before he sends us. And, you know, Andy, I love something that you said. You said you had grown up in the church. Your father was a pastor, but at age 11 at a student camp, you felt God speaking to you saying, mm-hmm. you don't really know me. And and I think this is so the heart of God because he doesn't want us to adopt a theology. He wants us to engage in a relationship. He yeah. wants us to know him intimately, know him personally, um, because he already knows us. Yeah. But he wants us to know him. And just he cares so deeply for us. Well, you know, we're we're kind of in this period, this season of real political upheaval, uh, a real uncertainty about the election. We're, we still have one week of early voting left. We know that God deeply cares for us personally, but does he really care about politics? Yeah, I would say absolutely. Um, and then and when you called and extended the invitation to come talk about politics, just to be honest, at first I'm like, you know what, I am – I am not the guy uh, because I've been that pastor who who has believed the lie that we should separate our politics from our from our Christian life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you want to get a good debate started um, at any family reunion or office party, just talk about religion yeah. or talk about politics, mm-hmm. and then take both of those two things and mix them together. Mm-hmm. Uh, You've got a firestorm. Danger, yeah. danger, Will Robinson. <laughs> yes. Two yeah. things that people are are most passionate about, and I think um, we have misunderstood a statement. I mean, I actually researched the statement. It was uh, the statement of uh, separation of church and state. Um, it was written in a letter. It was when it was first used by Thomas Jefferson in the early 1800s. Yeah. And he wrote that not to say the church should stay out of politics. He wrote that to say that the state or the government should stay out of the church, mm-hmm. um, that it's not the role of government to to ordain or say this is going to be the religion um, of our nation or this is going to be the church that everyone has to worship at. We have an incredible freedom here in America that many countries don't have um, with the freedom of choice that we get to wake up on Sunday and choose um, where we're going, where we're going to worship. So does God care about politics? I would say absolutely. Um, you cannot escape government. Um, you can't escape government. And if you think about it, who establishes government? God does. Yes. God does. Absolutely. And not, we vote. Yeah, a- absolutely. And not just the, the government in the form of civil government and our governing yes. authorities and, and political leaders, um, but other forms of government, too. We have self-government. 
Um, Love who, Glow. Who, who decides um, what shirt you're going to wear today, Miss mm-hmm. Evelyn? Who, who gets to make that decision? <laughs> well, we uh, we moved. We live in Austin in the look area where it's a lake and a creek um, in Williamstown. Not in Leander, not in Round Rock. Just this one little place. And uh, when our grandchildren, uh, Otis was a girl, uh, went to high school, uh, her parents were too busy to help her. And so we decided that uh, it was time for us to get in a church family. And so we drove all the way from Jonestown, which is the lake area, across to to um, to the church where they were. And it was in Pflugerville. Just last week, the pastor at Frugerville resigned. Uh, he has uh, had two heart situations from that gr- uh, yellow stuff from Vietnam or whatever it is mm-hmm. that attacked his body. Yeah. And so that church uh, is the largest church in that part of, of, of the county, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I know that I haven't been because I've been sick, but mm-hmm. my husband said, it's going to be a big job to find God's man for yeah. this thing yeah. because of the enormity in all those things. Well, yeah. that's true. I mean, you think of the authority in the church, the government of the church, mm-hmm. and, you know, how you mm-hmm. establish the governing bodies within the church. Mm-hmm. And God is interested in that. And like you said, we govern ourselves. Yeah. We choose mm-hmm. what shirt we put on this morning. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's it's great to see then God saying, hey, Here's government, yeah. and I'm in, he, I'm I'm very concerned about that. He, he establishes it from the very beginning. Um, self-government. Um, he establishes family government. Um, mm-hmm. Every family kind of operates according to some rules. Maybe it's autocratic. Maybe there's one person that's like, hey, we're gonna we're going to eat at this restaurant today. Maybe it's democratic. <laughs> but hey, it's all in the car. Vote. Hey, where do you want to go eat? <laughs> um, or maybe it's anarchy. Hey, just everyone fitting for themselves. Just mm-hmm. do your own your, do your own things. So you see family government. Uh, you do see church government. But then you also see civil government. And so it would be foolish to say that God cares about family government, God cares about uh, uh, church government, Mm -hmm. but um, civil government, eh, God doesn't really care about that. You know, that really is um, kind of absurd. And, you know, we have Romans 13. Um, who established? We we, we can see in Genesis God establishes the family, and and we see God establish the church. In uh, Romans 13, verse 1, it says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. So we've got to understand that God does care about politics. Wow. He establishes it. Um, he is the one who puts um, kings in positions of authority. I think about Daniel when he's talking to Nebuchadnezzar. Um, Daniel 2 verse 37. He says, the God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. Mm-hmm. Um, God gives in different ways. Maybe uh, I, one of the ways that God places people in places of government is through um, the processes that, that that government has. And in America, our process is voting. Mm-hmm. So yes. God is using our vote. He is using your vote um, to put a person in place of authority. And you so know, to say I'm not going to vote is to say, sorry, God, uh, you can't use me. I like that. You're just saying, you know, I always think of that that parable of the the stewards where God gives each of the stewards Mm -hmm. a certain amount of money and one of them buries that money in the ground. And uh, in the parable, the master gets very upset about that. And I think when we don't cast that vote, it's like burying that treasure that God gave us to invest. We just bury it in the ground. Um, So, yeah, I I like that. You know, my daddy always used to tell me this house is a benevolent dictatorship. That's what he used to say. But, you know, I love in this country that we don't live in a dictatorship. We do live in a democratic republic and every vote counts. And we had a, a, a guest on our program earlier on in the month, Cara McMichael, and she actually walked us through a couple races that had been decided by one vote. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, friends, we can say not only does your one vote count when you cast it, but what you do with that vote, I think, counts before God. I think he's looking at what you do yeah. with that treasure he's given us. And we don't mm-hmm. do that in any in any other area of life. A bricklayer doesn't say, oh, this one brick doesn't matter. I'm going to leave it out. You know, you would look at that house from that point on and wonder, why is there a what hole? What, <laughs> why is that brick not there? And to say mm-hmm. that our vote doesn't count. Um, evidently, this is um, 
um, an estimate that 40 million Christians chose not to vote in 2016. 30 million? 40 million. 40, 40 million. million. And even if that's um, uh, even if it's half true, you know, yeah. just just to think the impact that Christians can have on who sits in places of authority, not just president. OK, the, that is the highest office in the land, uh, one of the most powerful positions in the world. But it's not just that. It's it is our representatives who are uh, speaking on our behalf in Congress. It is our um, uh, state officials. And it's also very uh, down to the local. You know, all of these p- people have a big impact on our everyday lives. Okay, now you're starting to get like a little bit daunting for me because that gives us a lot of power. And I mean, I, I know that we can Google the different candidates. We can download sample ballots to try and figure out who to vote for. But like, how do we how do we decide? I mean, that still yeah. seems really daunting who to say yes to and who to say no to. How does a Christian make that decision? Yeah. So, um, again, let's just kind of take it at, at other decisions that we would make in life. Again, I, I think we take politics and we kind of treat it as this special thing that, that we should live differently. Um, but when you make Jesus Lord of your life, what does that really mean? It, it means he's Lord of your life okay like <laughs> all, of not, all of it exactly all of it. he's lord of all that means he's lord of uh, your relationships mm-hmm. and so where do you go when you need wisdom and guidance on relationships so you're having a problem in in a marriage relationship or a friend relationship where would you go to get wisdom and guidance on that i don't have problems yeah. in my marriage i have a perfect marriage. <laughs> <laughs> so you go to kathy you go to i think i with yeah okay <laughs> like god's about to strike me down i go to god's word you go to right. god's word absolutely, absolutely. okay so so, so think about uh, finances. That's a that's a part of our life. Guess what? Jesus is Lord of our of our finances. Yeah. There, a lot of what he taught and dealt with um, was in regards to the heart because he, uh, he it was in regards to money mm-hmm. because Jesus knew that, knows that the uh, money is tied to our heart. So where do we go with wisdom and discernment on uh, navigating complicated decisions when it comes to our finances? We go to God's word. Um, mm-hmm. So where do we go when it comes to decisions and matters of, of politics? Um, hopefully we're not going to um, CNN and Fox News and CNBC and just taking their word for it. We've got to go to something that is more substantial. Um, so even when it comes to our, our politics and our vote, we have to go to God's word. Now, someone might say, well, Andy, uh, you know, where do I go? Is it in John? Where does it tell me <laughs> vote Republican, vote Democrat, vote, vote independent? Um, it's not going to be there. OK, mm-hmm. um, but. Um, the Bible is going to teach um, uh, some basic uh, things that God believes. Um, he's going to um, the Bible's going to reveal to us um, things about life. Um, it's going to reveal to us things about marriage. Um, it's going to uh, teach us about things about how to treat foreigners. Mm-hmm. And so it's all mm-hmm. there laid out in Scripture. If we would just pick it up and read it and understand mm-hmm. what God is telling us, then you can take. Okay, here's what God says. Then you can kind of measure that up against our political candidates and say, okay, what are what are they saying? What are they promoting? And it's going to be very easy to to make that decision. You know, the hardest job or the time catcher in the time we're in right now, you know, in voting is the time we spend praying. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to go to a billboard and God's going to say, Evelyn Davison, this is your devotion. Yeah. He speaks to the heart. Yeah. When does he do that? He does that. He does that. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, my speech is bad today. Uh, he does that in response to our acceptance. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, you you also might be thinking, okay, uh, okay, Andy, I get it. I get it. Okay, I should read scripture and I should think about issues of sanctity of life and I should think about how to treat those that are different than me that that come from a different place a different background I should look at this um, based upon what the Bible says about marriage but Mm -hmm. um, okay I I get all that but where where can I go to to look up what these candidates stand for well friends we will tell you you can go to your local websites like wilco.gov is the Williamson County site you can type in um, Travis County candidates 2020 and it will all pull up there and we actually did a show voting 101 a few weeks ago that has a ton a wealth of information for you to go to those sites and you can look up individual candidates
candidates, mm-hmm. and you can look up their party plat- their party platform as well as their issues and things that they stand for. And Kathy, there was also a website where you could look up voting records for some of the. Do you remember that one off the top of your head? Well, I remember there was a KUT. Oh, KUT. And but I know that in church on Sunday because mm-hmm. I I was there. Yeah. So good. <laughs> um, you actually had up on the overhead. Uh huh. Um, and I I feel like it was like vote smart. Uh, com. Over, oh, over, did I say overhead? overhead? Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. I remember That's, the days when you had to volunteer for to, the worship team, and you were the overhead projector person, and you would you swap out the, the slides. Uh, <laughs> but what was that website? We did. Yeah. So uh, what we recommended to our church and what we would recommend to your listeners is iVoterGuide.com. iVoterGuide.com. And the reason um, we recommend that one is because we've, we've done some research. We've gone to AFA. Um, we've gone to uh, ChristianVoterGuide.com, FreeVoterGuide.com, and guess what? They all point to this one, um, iVoterGuide.com. So just go directly to the source. You can Google that, type it right into um, any web browser that you have. Um, you'll be able to, to look at the big issues um, like sanctity of life or, or immigration and, um, and see where the uh, platforms lie. You'll also be able to see um, what the Bible says. And that's what I love about uh, this resource is it doesn't just tell you what candidates say. It says here's what the Bible says, and you can make an informed decision. It's not just about voting, okay? It's not just about going to the ballot and getting the sticker. Um, You've you've got to make an informed – it is. It is, and it's it's what we're leaving to our kids. Um, And and we have no right to complain about the condition of our nation um, if we are not engaged in the political process that God establishes. We've already said that. Um, by casting our vote. This is something that I have learned uh, preparing for this election more than any other time in my life is that, you know, this verse in Scripture, it's repeated, I think, in two places in the Gospels where it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, Mm -hmm. with all of your soul, with all your strength. Mm -hmm. And so I think when it comes to voting, what I have learned is I have had to engage my mind in this voting process because, you know, when you hear a Main Street media, I mean, they try and pull at your emotions. And it, it almost seems like there's this emotional frenzy or this emotional hysteria. They're trying to get us to vote for personality. It's like everything is about personality. And I keep coming back to, no, it's about platform it's about policy Mm -hmm. it's and Mm -hmm. so you know i love um we heard we're going to be hearing from summer ingram and i know that there's she um she when i talked with her she talked about this white house gov dot platform that you can go to and it will show policy what has been the policy and achievements of this administration because what I find when I go and I look at the Republican platform and I read the Democratic plat- the Democrat platform, it's like, oh, they've dressed up the language. They make it sound so nice and all like that, and they make it sound so compassionate. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, what does that really mean? And it comes down to how that platform translates to policy that infects that that affects the heart of the nation and so when i was able to take a step back and look at policy and what this administration has worked for what um the um um the 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 previous administration had worked towards it was able to really cement in my mind the trajectory of our country under either administration you know we've talked several times this month about feelings and emotions versus policy and platform and um I want to be real careful. My 15-year-old son is the one who actually brought this up as he was watching one of the debates. You know, he was like, Mom, you know, this is a lot of, like, feelings and emotions. And, you know, he's a 15-year-old boy, and that just doesn't appeal to him. (laughs) And he's like, I really want to talk about the issues. I want to hear about the issues. All I'm hearing is about how something makes me feel or the emotions that it invokes as I listen I just thought it was so astute to um to for him to be thinking that way because he want he really is interested in the issue. How do you feel about border security? XYZ. I want I want you to talk about the issue. Yeah. I don't want you to talk about feelings and emotions, right? And I just found it so astute. So as we navigate our way through this, 
for another week and a half, okay? Um, I want us to be very careful to be like my 15-year-old. I'm so proud of him. To talk about policy and platform and to um, not so much look at the, the face, but the policy and the platform and what that means for our future. So, friends, we have to wrap up this segment um, but we will have more with Pastor Andy Comer of Antioch Church Georgetown as he just walks us through um, some some points that are, they just they seem so easy almost, but maybe things we haven't thought through fully before. So I'm really appreciating his thoughtful words, and he'll be back with us on Love Talk. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Love Talk. Coach Carrie Brinkader here with my beautiful, beautiful colleagues, Evelyn Davison and Kathy Endebrock. So great to have you with us today. We are talking with Pastor Andy Comer of Antioch Church in Georgetown. And I, I got to tell you, Andy, it's been delightful today to have you really wrap some things up for us um, in a way that I, I think is pretty easy to understand. And you know what? You said that in your bio, that you love sharing <laughs> Jesus with people in a way that they can understand. Jeez. So I I love that. I love that. So thank you for doing that for my simple brain, and I appreciate that. You You mentioned some verses in Romans 13. Let everyone be subject to the governing, uh, governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Okay, so in these verses, Paul seems to be telling us to submit to our governing authorities. In verse 2, it says, Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. So, I, you know, I think these verses can be a little bit confusing, and you have a way of sharing things in a way that we can understand. So help us understand this. If we're to submit to governing authorities, does it really matter who's in office? Yeah, that is a, uh, a fantastic question, Carrie, and one, <laughs> one that a lot of people are asking, like, okay. you know, and, and they, they use it as an excuse to not vote, you know, because, you know what, I'm just called to submit to the governing authorities, so what does it matter um, who that governing authority is? I just need to play out my role uh, by submitting to that authority. Mm-hmm. The only problem um, with that is is that the Bible does not teach unlimited submission. Mm-hmm. Um, it does teach submission to governing authorities. And we talked about it um, earlier that there's more than one type of government, right? There's uh, self-government, there's family government, there's church government, mm-hmm. and then there's the, the civil government. Uh, so again, let's just take that and apply it to, to other, uh, other situations. Um, does the Bible tell us to, to obey our parents and to submit to mom and dad? Yeah, that's um, mm-hmm. in in the top ten, right? It's in the ten commandments. The it, <laughs> sure did. Uh, it says honor your uh, your father and mother. Now, um, what if what if dad says, "Hey, son, take this bat, uh, go bash in the neighbor's car window, and uh, steal the purse." Um, what mm-hmm. should that son do? Should he submit to the authority that God has placed in his life? Uh, no, obviously not, because um, that is uh, that that parent, that dad is overstepping um, the boundary of authority. He he has crossed the line of God's word, and so we know that 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 a child is is not required by God to unlimited uh, submission. Uh, let's take it and apply it to to the church. Um, if a you know is a church uh, supposed to submit to uh, to pastors and, and elders? Well, Hebrews thirteen seventeen says, "Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority, mm-hmm. because here's why: because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, uh, for mm-hmm. that would be of no benefit to you. So, what if the pastor um, in the church starts a rumor about uh, Miss Betty? Okay, I'm mm-hmm. just making up. Um, every church surely has a Miss Betty, right? <laughs> um, starts a rumor about Miss Betty and then comes to you and says, hey, I want you to, to spread this propaganda about Miss Betty, you know, because mm-hmm. I want her to leave the church. Should you submit to your pastor if that's what he, mm-hmm. he asks you to do? Absolutely not. Um, and so we know that that a pastor, because he's human, just mm-hmm. like a dad is human, um, uh, he can make mistakes. Um, and so the Bible does not teach unlimited submission. Mm-hmm. So let's take that. To our governing authorities, should we submit no matter what 
Absolutely not. There is a line that our government can cross um, that that we as Christians have to say, no, 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 no. Um, yes, there's Romans 13 that says we submit to the government authorities because we're submitting to God. But there's also Acts 4 when the governing leaders told Paul, uh, no, 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 I'm sorry, it was uh, it was Peter. Hey, don't talk about Jesus. And, and what did Peter say? How did he respond? He said, we must obey God rather than men. And when we look at the uh, the people that are running for political offices, and you, you uh, spoke about this eloquently before, um, we don't go off of our feelings. We don't go off emotions. Um, there is a platform, which means there is an agenda, which means there is an influence. There is a direction that these political leaders are trying to steer our nation. And when I look at some of these platforms, um, there's a direction that they want to take us that is not honoring God. And so... So yes, it it does it does matter um, who sits in that office, and um, God has given us the opportunity to cast that ballot, and um, and we just you know I love I loved and just how you use metaphors to really make these things so understandable to us, and it just makes me think you know in the Middle East in Muslim nations where you are not allowed to be Christian, you know, upon yeah. penalty of death, you are not allowed to even have a Bible in your possession upon penalty of death. And yet as Christians, we would say, well, of course you shouldn't listen to that because, of course, you want to know the Lord. And um, even if it means putting your life on the line, you want that personal relationship with the Lord. Well, then I think about, well, what about governance over the family and all of those governments that say, oh, no, the mom and dad will choose your husband. Mm -hmm. You're not going to choose your husband. You're not going to choose your wife. Mm -hmm. And so if you're in the United States where you can choose your husband and wife, and yet you would say, you know what, I'll just let my parents figure that out because they know better and yeah. they're an authority mm-hmm. over me. Mm-hmm. So my parents are an authority over me, so I'm going to let them choose my spouse mm-hmm. and I'm not going to worry about making that choice. Well, friends, that's the same thing as not voting. Mm-hmm. We have an opportunity to speak up and say this is who I choose. This is the authority that I want over me. And, you know, maybe if we lived somewhere in the Middle East or we lived in China, it might be a little bit different. Someone might be choosing our spouse for us or that governing authority for us, but we get to choose God's place that in our hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at this uh, from the beginning, when Paul, you know, God, he blinded Paul before he let him take a step. Yeah. 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 And it made such an impact on my whole Paul's life that he, his major ministry primarily was uh, among those in control. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have to look at, when we look what God says, we have to ask our, you know, if we have leaders because we have the authority or the privilege of electing them, uh, is it okay for Christians to stay home and not do that? I don't see how it would be possible for a Christian to stay home and and not vote. Um, Kathy, you just brought up a, just a great way to to illustrate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I, it's if we look at other areas of our life um, and self government, that's not something we we delegate to someone else. Um, as a as a dad, as as parents, we're called to disciple our kids. Um, yes, the church partners with parents in that, but you don't say, well, that's just the church's responsibility. I'm the parent. I don't have to do that. Um, and so, you know, when it comes to um, exercising our our right um, here in America, that it's not voting is not something that, that we can just delegate to, to someone else because someone else is going to vote. Mm-hmm. Um, there is going to be someone else that goes to that uh, that ballot box and cast their influence. That's what politics is. It's influence. Uh, you said a moment uh, about Paul. Paul exercised his influence uh, amongst the people that God placed him. Um, we have a, a right, we have a calling from God to exercise our influence on the world around us. Amen um, and amen. Yeah. 
Well, we have enjoyed having you here with us today. This has Thank been the It has been. It has it's been, been great. Delightful. And I know you need to get out. You're going back home. Well, yeah, well, I'm going back uh, home to Idaho, but um, it's been such a pleasure. And, you know, one of the things I love about having pastors in is that we almost don't even have to have to say, how do our listening friends get in touch with you? Because mm-hmm. it's pretty obvious. They just show up at Antioch Church in <laughs> Georgetown <laughs> on a Sunday morning. And I think your church services are 930 and 11. They are 930 and 11. And if they want to get a, do you have a Facebook page? We do. We do. You can go to facebook.com slash Antioch Georgetown. Um, you can also find uh, messages and resources on our YouTube channel. And that's uh, YouTube. Uh, dot com slash Antioch Georgetown. Uh, probably the easiest way to connect to all that is to go to our website. It's um, AntiochGT.com. Awesome. Andy, tell our listening friends how they can know more about Jesus. Mm, what a great question. Uh, you can know more about Jesus. Um, first off, it takes us realizing where we stand with God today. And um, because of sin in our life, uh, we are separated from God, not just right here in the moment, but we're separated from God uh, for eternity. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means no matter what we do, we miss the mark in God's perfect standard. Uh, we also need to believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Uh, God sent His only Son to die for us. That, meant, that means that he, he, uh, he wrote the check for our salvation. He has already signed it. We have to accept it. If I were to offer you a gift today, when does that gift become yours? It becomes yours not when I offer it. It becomes yours when you receive it. And that's what belief is. That's what faith is. It is receiving the work of Christ, um, the work that he has already done. We confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and the Scripture says you will be saved. Mm-hmm. And any of your listeners can do that right right now if they don't know don't know the Lord, don't know uh, uh, Christ, don't know where they stand with God. You could just pray right now a simple prayer like this: Father, I recognize right now that I'm a sinner and completely lost without you. So I admit my sin, God, and I ask for your forgiveness that comes through the sacrifice of your Son Jesus Christ. I trust on Him. Not just uh, with my mind intellectually, uh, but with my life and all that, I, that and all that I am. And I ask that right now, Jesus would be Lord of all of me, and I accept by faith the free gift of eternal life in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Andy. Oh, what a precious, precious gift we have. And friends, we love you so much. Thank you for joining us on Love Talk. And we are here every Saturday. You know where to find us. You can find us on Love Talk Network. You can also find us on Love Talk Radio on Facebook. For my beautiful, beautiful mentor and friend, the First Lady of Love, Miss Evelyn Davison. And for Kathy Endebrock, I am Coach Carrie Brinkader, and we will see you next time right here.